Let us pray. We give thanks for Mary, for the example she sets for us, the life of God living in her, just as we invite the life of God to live in us. So may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the Jewish tradition, there is a great interpretive practice called midrash. The word actually means expounding or making commentary. Because if you read the scriptures very often, you notice it leaves out a lot of details sometimes. I'm especially aware when we read narrative accounts, like Lauren just read for us, that we're missing some of the emotional content that you might get, say, in an everyday novel that you might read. And so there are many kinds of midrash, some of which interpret the law and expound upon it, even the smallest details of the law, much like a legal case or a legal brief might exemplify and expound on something written down in the Constitution. But there's also a kind of midrash in which you reimagine the story. You reinterpret it how it might have gone. You fill in the blanks. You expand the lines <coughs> open and think what it must have been like. In this time of year, I am always partial to the announcement stories, and we tell them in our midweek worship on Thursday evenings, the story of the angel Gabriel coming to Ezekiel and telling him he's going to have a son, John the Baptist. Or coming to Joseph in a dream and saying, it's okay, don't worry about it, it's going to work out just fine. Or in this case, the angel coming to Mary, and later to the shepherds out in the fields, and still later the star appearing to the Magi. So last year, with some encouragement from our staff and our exalting in worship ministry team, I tried my hand at writing some midrash on these stories. And we read them aloud in midweek worship, just as we are again this year. But we decided today we might hear one of them read aloud in this space, the Midrash about Mary, a retelling of the story, and imagining her courage, her emotions, her fears. And so I ask someone who's actually a little older than Mary might have been if she would read it for us. And Shauna McGraw, who has grown up reading and speaking in front of this church her whole life, agreed to come forward and share this story with you today. As long as I live, I will never forget that day. I was hanging out the laundry to dry. My mother had gone to the market. My father was off in the fields, tending goats and sheep. My sister was asleep in the house, sleeping off a cold. My younger brothers were at the home of my beloved aunt, playing with their cousins. The chores were left to me, but I didn't mind. I liked doing the daily tasks. I have always liked feeling useful. As I hung up my father's tunic, the one he wore to temple, a white dove flew across the clear blue sky. I paused for a moment, resting on the clothesline, staring at her. I rarely saw these birds, and it caused me to stop, just for a moment. Where had she come from? What brought her that day? What was her life like? I have a habit of pondering things, turning them over again and again in my heart and soul, 
stopping and noticing the things that other people tend to overlook. A child instinctively reaching for his mother's hand. The way the fig vendor in the market shows kindness in every transaction. The way the buds begin slowly on the trees. The moments when the first stars come out at dusk. My mother called me a daydreamer, staring off into the night sky or off to the far horizon of the town when she would rather I be doing my chores. My parents sometimes thought that I was listless or uncaring or easily distracted. They are hard workers. So am I, but I like to take time just to think, to stop and consider the deeper questions of life. What does it mean to bear the image of God in every day, in all we do? How does the Holy One live in our words and our deeds? Who are the widows and orphans that prophets want me to help? How is God living in me? I suppose if I had been born a boy, I would have become a priest or a rabbi. I loved the words of scripture. And my mother used to sing me the song of Hannah as I sat in her lap. My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. I had memorized it just as she had, adding my own thoughts through the growing up years of my childhood. Anyway, the dove stole across the sky, catching my eye, circling around, lingering in an unusual way. And then she was gone, as quick as she had come. I turned back toward the house, and before me stood a beautiful, powerful angel, beaming with a bright light, his feathers fluttering in a gentle breeze. I stumbled backwards and shielded my eyes while they adjusted to his brightness. In a clear, resonant, melodic voice, he said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. It was all so strange, so confusing, and yet it seemed normal. I was young enough not to have too many expectations about how life is supposed to go. I guess, in retrospect, an angel interrupting the daily laundry didn't seem so strange to me. He reassured me not to be afraid, which I really wasn't. Somehow, his presence seemed so clear, so calming, and also so empowering. He told me that I was pregnant, which was very strange to me. I was already pledged to Joseph, but our wedding day was still many months away. Many arrangements were still being made. I hardly knew the man at all. We had met perhaps twice, and certainly there was no reason to be pregnant. And yet, I had already felt these strange stirrings in my body. I found myself waking up in the middle of the night with a sense that Something was changing. Something would suddenly be different. Something ominous was taking place. 
The angel told me that I would be giving birth to the Son of God, the descendant of King David, a new ruler over Israel. I was stunned, to be sure, but I said simply, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it happen with me according to your word. I don't know where these words came from, but they became the guiding words for my life. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Later, I would tell my cousin Elizabeth that my soul magnifies the Lord. It became my own version of Hannah's ancient song, My Spirit Rejoices in God My Savior. Now I was very scared to tell Joseph, but I could not avoid telling him. I turned the conversation over in my heart and soul many, many times, imagining all the ways it could go. But I felt the angel's presence with me in every step of those imagined conversations, encouraging me, reassuring me that all would go well, that I had nothing to fear. And sure enough, the angel was right. Joseph accepted it with absolutely no hesitation. I was stunned, and yet it seemed exactly how things should go. Later, he would tell me about how God had come to him in a dream, that the angels had been busy this season. And together, we would welcome this wonderful, peculiar God-child into our lives. Together, we would raise him as our own, and yet as someone set apart. And together, this old soul of a child would teach us so much about love, about kindness, about the image of God in each other, about caring for the forgotten people in the world, about saving and treasuring our souls, about living this precious, God-given life as fully as possible. And every day, I can hear that angel over my shoulder saying, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And I believe it. These are the words I continue to sing, using the words from Hannah that my mother taught me and adding my own. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For God, who is mighty, has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. And God's mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. God has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich have been sent away empty. God has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers and mothers, to Abraham and Sarah, and to their offspring 
forever. <laughs>